Welcome to Elevate. I'm so happy you're here with me today, and I cannot wait to share this episode with you. As an evidence-based coach, mentor, and entrepreneur, I'm obsessed with learning and personal development as it's transformed my entire life, as well as those I get to work with. And to be quite frank, it's literally the entire reason this podcast exists, to feel your growth, gain perspective, and acquire knowledge. So buckle up, friends. You're in for a treat. And as always, thank you for supporting me and the show so we can continue to elevate our own lives as well as those you share this with. Now, let's get into it. What is going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Elevate. And this week, I tried out the one meal a day diet, which essentially means fasting for a prolonged period of time and then sitting down and eating a pretty calorie-dense meal in one sitting. So I'm going to share my experience with that and answer some of your questions. But first, some background. I do this because, not because I'm trying to lose weight, not because I'm trying to do any of that stuff. My purpose really is to educate you on who this is for, who these things are not for, the potential upsides, the potential downsides, so that you can make an educated decision about what type of dieting lifestyle that you should select. Because I want you to remember this, and it's really, really important. If you can't do it for a decade, there's no point doing it for a day. If you love carbs, ketogenic diets are not going to sustain you. If you enjoy eating throughout the day and you have hunger, fasting for 18 to 24 to even longer than a day, it's probably going to be a bit difficult. And what we don't want to do is dial in a negative psychology or relationship with yourself, your body, or food. That's a tough battle because you have to eat every single day to nourish your body. What's going on, guys? So I interrupted this incredible episode to remind you of the seminar that is coming October 1st to downtown Dallas, Texas, open to the public. I'm about to drop some incredible information on some added speakers uh, dropping this week, and the early word special will be done um, at the end of June. So I want to give you this heads up here to go ahead and get those tickets to be able to be here, be present with us, and I promise you, you do not want to miss it. So bring a friend, tell tell your family, and I hope to see you guys there. What I want you to consider is the potential downsides of engaging in something that's mainstream. Maybe somebody on the internet that you follow tried some diet or takes some supplements or does these things and you're like, oh, she looks like that and she did this thing. And even if all of the context is not there, which to be honest on social media, none of it is there, it can do a lot of harm long-term. And I really, 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 really want you guys to avoid that. So I'm going to share my experience with this. And if you guys have other diets that you would like me to try, or at least give you the reasons why I won't try them, please feel free to comment below this video. So I'm going to jump right into it. I did one meal a day. Now, because I have a background in exercise science, uh, I did my master's at the University of South Florida. I was able to study metabolic adaptation. We did a lot of research around rapid fat loss, what that does, different energy systems, understanding metabolism. I mean, there's a ton in there, right? Along with performance, physique enhancement, hypertrophy, strength, and sports psych. So this is kind of my um, area of passion, I would say. I can't label myself as an expert. Some would say I am, some would say you're not, and I don't really like to buy into labels, but I am incredibly knowledgeable and I've invested a lot into my knowledge, understanding there's so much more for us to learn. And I think that was probably the biggest takeaway from my education at USF is that good questions lead us closer to the truth. Even an outcome of a research study has so many limitations that I'm not going to get into here today, but also understand that evidence-based 
should lead to further questions, further investigations to find clarity and bring us closer to the truth of a very specific question. That's where it gets very, very difficult to delineate who it's for, because it's a very specific population that one meal a day diets could be for. There is a very specific population in which ketogenic diets are very applicable for. And so I don't like to demonize food. I don't like to demonize diets. What I like to do is investigate them, talk about the pros, talk about the cons in hopes to educate you guys and hopefully prevent you from making the stupid decision. Because what people don't understand is that there are very long-term consequences to short-term stupidity. <laughs> Let that sink in just for a moment. There are long-term consequences to short-term stupidity. I have seen many, many women, myself included, choose to go through contest prep for distraction, poor coping mechanisms. What people don't consider is that naturally when you diet, you are going to see a down regulation of your metabolism. Your hormones are going to adjust. They're going to pivot because your body and your entire physiology wants you to survive. doesn't give a fuck about how shredded you are. does not give a fuck about an oblique line. doesn't care about your conditioning. A lot of people come out of that. I've seen women that are infertile in their 20s that have hormone dysregulation that is not reversible or they are on pharmaceutical medication, right? There's a lot of consequences. And psychologically, I see so many broken women in their relationship with food, their hunger signals are off. And again, these are normal adaptations and the degree and the severity of them is a consequence of doing a reckless and too aggressive long-term type of diet. So now that I've given you a ton of context and probably elaborated way too much on shit that you might not actually care about, Let's get into the one meal a diet, one meal a day diet and my experience. So this was brought to me by Instagram. So if you guys are not following me on Instagram, I would highly encourage you to go there. I do post Q and A's. I also have just opened a link that directs to my website in my email because weekly I will be doing more YouTube videos and answering your guys specific questions to the best of my ability. Um, so feel free to follow me there. I post most of my content, but I am also getting back onto the YouTubes getting consistent with this fucking podcast and uh, getting onto platforms like TikTok as well, though I'm that's a large learning curve for me. And I'm, I love to dance. So you actually might catch me dancing on there. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, TikTok's just for dancing and it's stupid. Like I like to dance sometimes, but I digress. So follow me there and you guys can drop your questions. But again, to get into the nitty gritty of the one meal a day diet. So what I started with was because I have my background and I know way too much about food, to be quite frank, I don't want to get back into neuroses, but I did think it was important to gauge where my current calorie intake was prior to going down the road of one meal a day, because my goal wasn't to use this drop a bunch of weight. And then again, without context and nuance, some of you guys on the other end are like, oh my God, but she lost all this weight doing this one meal a day thing. So I'm going to do that. So that's why I tried to get very close to equating total calories, which by the way, was very difficult for me to do in one sitting. So I did track. Okay. And I was about three to 500 calories underneath my target. And I'll explain what happened with the one that I was a lot more under, but so I aimed to stay as close as possible to that. And I had to change some of the calorie dense items that I was selecting to get the calories up. So if you don't know every single macronutrient, when I say macros, I mean, protein, carbs, and fats, each of them have a different calorie allotment for each gram. So proteins and carbs are one calorie per one gram. I mean, I'm sorry, they are four calories per one gram fats, however, are nine calories per one gram. So in order for me to stay as close as possible without taking up too much volume in my stomach and like making myself sick, 
I chose to try to integrate things like oils, like very higher fat items, which if you guys don't know, I don't actually have a great or very well functioning gallbladder. So in order for me to support myself through that, I did take some ox bile, which really, really helps my digestion. And I do take this on a regular basis, but I made sure I was very intentional with taking a little bit more and spacing it out a little bit better throughout the day and before and after eating to help my body produce enough bile to help kind of break down that fat that I was taking in. So again, just preparing myself <laughs> for what might happen. Now, the other thing that I'm really, really passionate about as far as optimizing your health and paying attention to metrics that are not just your macros, so protein, carbs, and fats, is fiber. Fiber is incredibly important for your gut health. And I can go into that in another episode if you'd like me to. But I did aim to try to equate my fiber. So the first day when I went down that rabbit hole, uh, I tried to select things that were calorie, more calorie dense, but also gotten enough fiber to stay close to my normal intake. However, eating that much fiber in one sitting did not sit well. So we're going to jump right into digestion. When I first got into it, I definitely experienced fullness, bloating, and it did not sit well. I mean, I ate later in the day. So the first day I ate around my normal dinner time, which was way too late in the day to digest that many calories. So even though it was still about three hours before I lay down, I still was uncomfortable and I could feel it throughout the night. I was having cramping during my sleep. I did not sleep well. And then I woke up and it was just, a, it was, it was difficult. And I certainly was not hungry the next day, because if you guys know, if any of you have experienced eating a lot of volume before bed and your body has to work to digest all of those calories, typically you wake up not hungry. This is for those of you that hoard food because you're afraid to be hungry going to bed, right? I know that some of you are listening right now. You don't want to do that. It can actually impact your ability to get also deep in REM sleep, which I could do another podcast on. So like, there's a lot that I'm dropping nuggets into here. If you guys are interested in any of these things that I'm highlighting, please comment and let me know. But so I woke up certainly not hungry and I was like, okay, I need to adjust this a little bit and bring that fiber down, I think. So not only did I look at bringing protein down because I did try to keep my protein equated in one serving, that was very difficult to do on top of the fiber that was associated with that, it was a, it was a mess. So going into day two, I was like, okay, I need to strategize this a little bit better. So I focused a little bit more on fats and actually added in some more simple, simple carbs, uh, and was able to get not as high on my fiber and certainly not as high on my protein, but very close to my calories. And so in day twos and days two and three, I ate the exact same meal and those sat very well with me. My digestion improved. So I was like, okay, great. So, uh, going into the fourth and fifth day, I did change things up a little bit on day four. I got way too fancy. I got this gluten-free egg, egg roll thing from Aldi. And that, I think that ruined it for me. It was actually at a point where by the fourth day, I was not looking forward to eating because I just recognized how much energy was required for my body to then go through digestion instead of spacing it out and having normal meals at my normal frequency. I did notice that by, I mean, three bites in, I was just not, I was done. I was like, okay, well, I don't want any more of this, but for the sake of the study and the research, 
the anecdotal research on myself, I was like, I have to finish strong. So I did. And I did make sure to get in movement every single day. I did change up my training program. And I'm very excited to share that story with you and that journey as I get more into athletic performance and optimization of different energy systems. So power, strength, and agilities, along with endurance. And of course, conditioning will come as a side effect of that. But again, a story for another time. But so I did notice those different things. Those are kind of the comps. The first day, a lot of you asked, did you notice a blood sugar drop? The first day was the most difficult. I had a horrible time regulating my energy. And I'm someone that because your brain runs on glucose and looking back at my metabolic studies at USF in Dr. Bill Campbell's lab, we did see even when I was dieting on very low carbohydrate, my body still primarily burns carbs over fats. And we were able to assess what I was utilizing as fuel, which was very interesting so I know my body's efficiency, and I do think this is strongly correlated with the fact that I've had gallstones in my gallbladder just doesn't do very well with high fat. I do think that's a physiological adaptation that helps me optimize my personal energy systems. And again, this is why I don't believe in cookie cutter diets or anything like that. We need a lot more information. And I am very thorough with onboarding my clients and getting some background in their health um, information so that we build their success path appropriately. But so I do think that that played a large role because now I was not taking in, not intentionally, by the way, but I was certainly not taking in the frequency of carbohydrates and the total amount. So for those of you that are wondering about my body weight, I do want to address that, but I also want to provide the context. Okay. So first thing with blood sugar, the first day was the absolute worst. I was nervous going to bed again, because my brain runs on glucose, your brain runs on glucose right? This is why I felt my energy, my clarity crash. I struggled. And I also did not want to increase my caffeine intake because that was not going to solve the problem. It was a conversion of different energies into something that I could utilize. Now, when you don't take in glucose and I was still taking it in, but certainly again, not to the same amount. And when I say glucose, I do mean carbohydrates. So because I had, uh, there was a gap really in the amount of carbs that I was eating my body had to convert, which our bodies do have a physiological system that takes other energies and converts it into glucose. It's called gluconeogenesis. So we can do that through proteins and through fats. Fats have to go through beta oxidation to be utilized as energy. That is a nerdy word that you don't need to necessarily understand. But what I do want you to understand is that the conversion for fat to go to fuel for energy is longer then the length of time is re that's required for carbohydrate to do. Okay. So that's why my energy was dropping. I would suspect is that that conversion in my own physiology is not necessarily that efficient because I don't necessarily eat a ton of fat and the process in which my body would need to do that was obviously lagging. Cause again, it's not something that my body was metabolically efficient at doing. However, I will say as I got into days three and four, I actually felt fantastic energetically. I felt very clear mentally and I was very happy about that back to my normal baseline. So there was a little bit of a lag, but I do think again, your physiology is so adaptive. It's really, really cool, but your body will find a way to provide energy for you. Right. And so I do think on the other side of this, my body probably is a little bit more what you will hear some scientific people say is fat adapted, right? Just means your body's adapted to running on a certain fuel, whether it's carbohydrate or fat, right? So for that purpose, I will say, I do think my body was getting better at converting fat. Now, again, I was just eating higher fat to get in the total calories as close as I could. 
And with that and stomach volume and capacity, I didn't want to take in a bunch of fruits and veggies and potatoes and all that stuff. While I did, again, incorporate those things in order to get as close to my calories as I could without being sick, because I did not want to eat until I was sick. I'm not here to promote binge eating or anything like that. I needed to be, I was definitely pushing past that 85% threshold, um, but I was not going to eat until the point that I got sick. So again, I was in a slight deficit and some of that deficit came from carbohydrate. Now I share all of that with you so that you understand why I lost weight. So I want you to understand that for every gram of carbohydrate, three grams of water are pulled um, into the muscle, right? To support them. So for one gram of carbs, there's three grams of water, which is why when people go onto a ketogenic diet, they lose a bunch of weight at the beginning, right? The first two weeks, people are like, oh my God, I lost 10 pounds. The reason for that is because you've actually lost a lot of water because you are depleting your glycogen stores, right? So where your body stores, stores carbohydrate, most of the time that's intramuscular though we do, I mean, it can, can be converted to body fat if you are in a calorie surplus. So the reason you gain weight is because you are in a calorie surplus. And the reason that you lose fat and weight is being in a calorie deficit, but also you will see your weight go up or down based on sodium, water, carbohydrate, all of those different things, bowel movements, PMS for women and their hormones and different phases of their cycle, which I could get into another time. So I did lose about three pounds in one week, which again, supports one that I definitely had depleted some carbohydrate source too, in that I was eating in a calorie deficit. So those two big reasons I did try to keep water and sodium stable. So I did add an electrolytes to my water every single day, which I do naturally anyways, super important, especially because I knew that I was going to be pulling carbs down again, not intentionally, but just by math and looking at total stomach and volume and not making myself sick. It was really important for me to go, okay, I do need to make adjustments here, but I also want to make sure I am getting enough electrolytes in the proper ratios because again, most people, especially when they're dieting, they do think they, you'll feel mental clarity and mental fog. You'll notice that your power output's a little bit lower. And again, depending on the, the gravity of the calorie deficit, that could be from fuel. Absolutely. But it could also be from electrolytes. And I do see many, many people underestimate the importance of proper electrolyte balance in the body and what that does cognitively and physically to you. So again, a ramble for another time. So again, if any of this stuff is like, I want you to expand on that, please let me know. The only way I know what you need to know is if you tell me, because even as a coach, I'm not a mind reader. So communication is important. And because I'm doing this to serve you guys and aid in hopes to aid you from making stupid decisions, please let me know what you don't understand. But again, going into the things. So blood sugar, the first day was up and down. I did check it at one point and it was in the 60s. So got quite low at one point. Um, and again, macronutrient distribution and calorie deficit are all included in that weight loss number. So understanding where that's coming from is super important for you guys to know. So outside of that, I will say it was certainly not the most fun thing I have ever done in my life and I would not recommend it, but I do want to expand on who I do think it is for who could benefit from this and who absolutely should not do it. So who would I recommend one meal a day for? I do think this is really good as an approach for someone who is a surgeon, a doctor, someone who is very busy, who has to be focused during the day, right? That doesn't have the time to be hungry in between meals and, or have the blood sugars up and down again, for some people, as someone who consumes carbs every single day throughout the day, I do not have issues stabilizing my blood sugar. I know that blood sugar is being demonized right now as like this huge thing. 
but blood pressure and blood sugar will also elevate and decline due to exercise. So I do not want people to think that higher or lower blood sugar in response to eating food is a bad thing. It is a normal thing. The issue comes down to insulin. And that's again, a story for another time. But I do think that if you are a very busy professional who needs to be focused, whose hands are in gloves all day and you're performing high level surgeries and you're not someone that struggles with hunger, nor do you struggle with your relationship with food, that is really, really important. Okay. If indeed you are quality assured, secure in your dietary protocols, and you're not a food focused person that binges at the end of the day, and you are very busy and you need to stay focused and you don't always have the time to sit and eat a meal in the middle of your day. I do think that incorporating some fasting is okay. And again, people will also demonize fasting. I do not think it is applicable for the population that is focused on strength, performance, um, conditioning, being an athlete in the gym, that is not going to be conducive to your overall goal. If you are someone who's not super focused on that and who does not need to be in the gym five days a week and who does not want to focus on all of the things as far as strength, power, endurance, athleticism, all agilities, all of that stuff, then I would say one meal a day for you to stay focused in your work, I think will work for you very well. Now you probably noticed that I pointed out some red flags as to who this would not be for. The biggest thing is if you have a problem with your relationship with food, a lot of people will do one meal a day so that they can look forward to a binge. That is not okay. Please be honest with yourself. If you are someone that struggles with your relationship with food, eating one meal a day or trying to fast or even counting calories, which we can talk about another time too, counting calories, counting macros, all of that stuff is not going to be supporting your psychology around yourself, your body image, your worth, and your relationship with food. So I do not think one meal a day or any type of really big fasting is a good idea for anybody that has a poor relationship with self or food. And again, food is something that we have to eat every single day. Your body requires food to nourish you, to give you energy, to give you focus, to give you clarity, to allow you to perform, to show up in the world, to keep your eyes blinking and your heart pounding. You require energy to do all of these things. So please do not try day, multiple day fast. Don't try to restrict foods that you like. Don't try to go into one meal a day and, or turn it into a binge. If you're eating in isolation or out of fear or judgment, please seek help. And I do work with a therapist that works with our team. So if you do need a referral, please let me know. I'm here to support you guys. And I never want to see you be broken like that. So I think that's all of the big questions. Yes. I covered everything as to who I think this would be for, who I do not think it would be for. And then the last question is, would you do it again? Now I do think that fasting at specific frequencies for longevity and quality of life is really important. So I think every quarter of the year, even if it's once a year, doing a 24 hour fast, um, doing one meal a day, something along those lines, I do think is actually helpful for digestion, for clearing that shit out, for kind of regulating your body, for changing energy systems, for the ability to transition between different energy sources. Like for me, I do find that, I do think that would be beneficial for me, but it only, it's only because I took some time to get there and I have a, a great relationship with food, a good relationship with my body. I can always improve my body image and I will not lie about that. But outside of that, I'm also very disciplined and in control and objective with myself. I know where my blind spots are. I know why I'm doing different things, right? If I was doing it for weight loss, then I would just say I actually could be addicted to this for weight loss. But right now with my body, with my health, with my goals, with all of that stuff. And if you guys are curious about my health and my goals and what I'm doing for that, please let me know. I will gladly elaborate. I'm super transparent about everything at this point because 
I don't care. People will judge you no matter what you do or say. So I do hope that this helps you. I do not think I would just do this every single time. I would probably try a little bit different. I think that the next diet that I try, by the way, is going to be a cleanse. And I've seen this a lot in different niches of the fitness industry. So I am planning to do that. And I will keep you posted on that. But if you guys have things that you want me to try, things that you've heard about, please share, comment, let me know. And if you found this podcast helpful and you want me to do more of them, also let me know that shit. But I hope this was helpful. I'm going to immediately, I'm drinking my green smoothie right now. If you're watching this, I always put it in this big old cup after training because I do love my carbs. Bananas, blueberries, spirulina, barley wheatgrass, matcha, all the things. Um, Protein powder and peanut butter because I like those things too. Um, But again, the most important thing that you can consider when you are choosing a diet and or really looking to optimize your health, please, please, please consider. If you cannot do it for a decade, then you better not do it for a day. There's no point. If the approach is unsustainable, the results are unsustainable. And I want you guys to do this, do it once, do it right, and sustain it long-term. So with that, have a killer week and we'll talk soon.